The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We're dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and scrum.org. Hello, everyone. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever you're watching this. Welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I am your host, Emily Lint, and today we're chatting bright and early with Elena Keck. How is your day going? Hi, Emily, and uh, really nice to talk to the Women in Agile community. My day is going very well. It's very hot here in Germany, uh, but I'm enjoying the conversation with you. <laughs> Great. How hot is it in Germany? I don't actually know. I can only uh, say it in Celsius, right? It's almost 40 degrees Celsius, but I, I would think it's over 100. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. I hope you have a, and you can't necessarily have a fan while on the podcast recording. So, <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, hopefully you don't melt. Um, so, Elena is a Lean Agile Transformation leader, leader helping large global organizations to overcome challenges for their Agile transformation and become successful on their transformation journey. Currently, senior leader at MHP, a Porsche company, she is growing a team of Agile coaches, leading a training chapter, and supporting global transformation at a premium automotive company as Enterprise Lean Agile Coach. So, Elena, how did you find Agile? I got inspired by the benefits of Agile mindset very early in my career as I was part of um, Mercedes Innovation Lab. And there I actually really got the um, spirit and uh, understanding what it means to experiment with different ideas and uh, provide different solutions for the same problem and uh, provide uh, through um, usability testing completely different designs after you tested with users and really understood that they want something different. So my biggest aha moment for um, Agile Mindset was really for innovative products that um, we really do not know what the customer wants until you really test it and until you ask the customer and really pilot some of the ideas to find the optimum one, right? So this is the time when I got inspired and since then my journey uh, kind of continues in uh, different environments. Oh, wonderful. How long has this journey been for you? Um, so the first experience was this in this innovation lab 12 years ago. Uh, then I had uh, more like a traditional career in marketing and sales where agility was still kind of a buzzword and not uh, implemented very uh, properly yet. But uh, since I um, moved to the U.S., uh, which is six years ago. So for four years, I've been really um, immersed into agility in the scaled environment. And since I came back to Germany, I kind of continue this journey. Oh, fantastic. So how much of your time do you think you've been doing agile transformations internationally versus in the United States? I think even in the United States, I was responsible for regional transformation uh, at Aptiv, so which was U.S. and Mexico with five sites and was part of the global team. So I would say um, in total, it is mostly five years of uh, different experiences and transformation in uh, different, on a regional level, global level or on a, a market level. That's really awesome that you almost like started on the international market and then continued as kind of having that global view um, for agile implementations. It's a really unique experience to have, I feel. 
Yeah, I think it's um, it, it really kind of combines the diversity of implementations of agile transformation and diversity of um, different interpretations of a lot of agile principles and a lot of um, agile practices, right? Every um, kind of region has its uh, more or less unique uh, flavor of agile, I would say, right? For, for example, Germany, when it comes to transformation, they are like more with planning and less with experimentation as in the US, right? Ex uh, in the US, I experienced that you can just really from one day to another jump into it and really start and um, kind of fail and try again. And in Germany, I, I would uh, say it's more kind of reserved. The failure culture is still harder to accept uh, than in the US, right? So I would say there um, you plan it more or sometimes you overthink it more um, compared to what I experienced in the US market. Very interesting. Very cool to like have those different perspectives. Um, so what have you observed about the role of women in the Agile community over the years? So in 2019, as I joined the Safe Summit um, and uh, joined the Women in Agile Breakfast, I kind of for the first time um, got the really perspective from the women in agile community and how important it is to raise the women voices um, in the agile community and support each other. So it kind of really also got me um, infected or really inspired, right? It was a breakfast with M, um, M Pretty. And uh, since then, I really I'm very happy that, uh, for example, Women in Agile has all those breakfast session or sessions during the Safe Summit, which I usually um, visit. And uh, it got me much more awareness of um, the need to make the uh, voices visible, transparent and support each other and um, really uh, kind of grow other women uh, in their roles uh, to grow the agile community and um, women voices there. Fantastic. Yeah, I believe, um, was that the same uh, safe yeah. summit that you and I met? Was <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, I'm Campbell Pretty was in that one. Uh, that was fantastic. That was a lot of fun. So I'm glad it was impactful for you. Um, so let's jump right into today's topic around setting up agile transformation teams. So uh, can you help um, define what a transformation team is and what are some of the differences between some of the terms like LACE, transformation team, transformation office? So I think um, depending on the starting point, right? For example, if the company are starting the transformation more on a team level and piloting the agile principles first in some of the teams, it might be first an agile community or agile transformation office or agile um, transformation team. Uh, and if you, for example, start the transformation by scaling up and uh, say that you would like to really reach the, the business agility within your enterprise and uh, foster uh, the business agility mindset, not only on team level or maybe program level, but on enterprise level, this is where this um, more framework specific word of LACE, which you mentioned, um, come into uh, place. So LACE stands for Lean and Agile Center of Excellence and is um, a part of the guiding coalition driving the change, right? But whenever the name, whenever the framework you use, the need for a team driving the transformation, enabling the company and really helping to create and foster this new culture and um, support this change is really crucial. Fantastic. All right. So it's like this whole group guiding coalition that is driving change no matter what type of framework that you're using. 
Yes, I would uh, say, uh, yeah, uh, it would be a good definition. Awesome. So, you know, what does a successful transformation team look like and how does it kind of organize its activities for being that guiding coalition? Mm, I think it starts with a strong leader who is really bought into the transformation, is a transformation sponsor and really want to make it happen. Um, normally it's a person with good understanding of the business problems that the company is facing. And oftentimes I see that maybe two leaders, one on the business side and one on the IT side, uh, match or pair together and say, we want to drive digital transformation together and drive this change. And um, they kind of uh, energize and um, create this first uh, guiding coalition by creating a small team of enthusiasts who wants to uh, support this transformation. And um, this team is then growing into hopefully more cross-functional teams. So first you start with the people who are um, really enthusiastic and want to join the change. And then you start realizing maybe there are some skills missing or maybe there are some competencies which you want to add into this team. Like for example, you normally start with um, some coaches maybe on different levels, on um, program level or um, enterprise level and maybe some trainers to support the journey. But pretty soon you realize that um, the cross-functionality goes bigger and you need, uh, you need much more skills than um, only training and coaching, which is crucial, but not the only success factor, right? So you start thinking maybe you need someone who understands their uh, change in communication. Maybe you need someone who understands uh, the tooling and the methods within the company because you are actually changing all of that uh, in order to enable the company, especially in the embedded system environment or in big companies, um, some of the roadblocks are exactly on the process side or on the tooling side, which you really need to rethink completely in order to enable the uh, agility in those companies. And what I um, also see very important is that uh, this guiding coalition needs to grow with some line organization leaders who really contribute to the transformation and dedicate their time to drive the change together with this um, transformation team. And when it comes to organizing their work, I think it's very important that uh, we uh, kind of as a transformation team, we drink our own champagne, <laughs> that uh, we apply the agile principles um, by, for example, creating a transformation roadmap and understanding the why behind the transformation creating transformation backlog and having a Kanban board, a prioritizing constantly based on uh, business value, which we want to deliver to our company and uh, demonstrating the results also to our stakeholders and to the delivery organization and getting their feedback, what they want more, what they want less and how it should go within the next couple of um, iterations. And if it is a lace team, so um, the team uh, supporting their safe implementation, then you can also use, for example, PI plannings or program increment planning sessions for getting alignment between different transformation team. So those are some of the um, principles how I would organize the activities within this team. Wow, a lot of information there um, and a lot of things that, that need to go into it. So when talking about like the leaders of those teams, like what's kind of your advice of, of um, who you would suggest to be like the lead of that team? You know, is it like executive level do you not want to go for like line leaders you know things like that what what's mm -hmm. kind of your guidance there 
I think at the beginning, it kind of evolves naturally. There is a person who is really standing behind the transformation and wants to drive it and have the power to drive it and um, generate some energy for setting up a team, which is normally at the beginning a virtual team, right? Um, having, for example, um, some of the part-time dedication. But when the transformation scales on a higher level and when you really want to change the DNA of the company and say that it's not a temporary project, it's really a dedication of the company for this change, then I think I would agree with you that it should be a leader who has also uh, some authority and some power to change the organization and has a real um, team which is fully dedicated for the transformation to show that this change will not go away, it will stay within the company. And even though it might um, not be perfectly agile to have this team and have this power. I think for the very traditional companies who are struggling with hierarchy and still have a lot of change to overcome, this is um, speeding up a lot um, of the transformation effort I, I saw. Yeah. And how do you think it's speeding it up? Is it just having like the dedicated resources to it? Is it the knowledge that the transformation team bring? What do you feel like um, enables that success? I think on the one side is a clear mandate for transformation and clear why, uh, why the uh, company is doing it and uh, what are exactly the results um, they want to achieve, whether um, they are doing it, for example, to get more qualified um, talents within the company who wants to develop soft, uh, software within the company while uh, there is a big competition for talent or maybe they want to have much better quality uh, for the software development and have um, like um, very very um, often uh, testing environments which uh, will be supported by the agile transformation and the feedback loops which you get uh, with testing and validation with customers or depending on the real uh, kind of struggle of the company or maybe the challenge they want to address, um, it is important that this transformation team really focuses on that, right? So that uh, this is kind of uh, the North Star of the transformation. They capture the baseline where we are right now, where we want to go, and then uh, create the roadmap and the plan for that. In the skills or the team you might need for that can be different. Sometimes I saw some companies are perfectly fine if the transformation team is providing with um, more like a mindset change with community work, with trainings and with uh, agile coaching of the organization. But for some companies, they really need this end-to-end -end transformation and need completely different team, which includes some process experts, tooling experts, some communication experts, some really uh, maybe product development expert because they really have such a big change backlog uh, and process change backlog um, that they need to treat it as a one ecosystem change, right? Where uh, the agilists are paired with uh, maybe some process and tooling expert to really rewrite the product development process. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. So what are kind of the uh, guidance around the size of these teams? You know, where do you kind of want to start? Mm -hmm. to where, where, when do you think it's a little too much, you know, for those, even for those big, big transformations? Mm, I think uh, depending on the size of a company, you need a full dedicated core team, like maybe a size of an agile team, 
right? Uh, with um, like roughly uh, between maybe like roughly 10 people with the product owner or product manager for the transformation who are fully dedicated. But it's never enough uh, for any transformation to have just uh, the fully dedicated people because you need this practical experience from the delivery organization. So you need to have... Uh, from my perspective, a combination from a maybe line organization, a dedicated team, and this virtual organization. So the virtual um, transformation team must be much bigger and must, for example, be scaled to the number of portfolios you're scaling, right? Mm -hmm. If you are working in different portfolios, you might have uh, some influence circles of extended lace teams or transformation team for each portfolio to really understand the challenges within uh, the portfolio, understand the business and understand uh, what will be helpful and how to um, kind of find the right speed for the transformation without uh, maybe uh, sacrificing the delivery uh, which uh, the organization is already committed. So it's a combination between, uh, uh, for me, a dedicated team and those circles with, for example, agile coaches, release train engineers, if you are in the same framework and line leaders in every portfolio, working on some of the challenges which are portfolio specific. Wonderful. Thank you for that context um, and a little bit more of that guidance there. I've always struggled with like, okay, so you want the team, but like, you know, I, we don't want it to be too big. Like, we don't want to just invite everybody. <laughs> so it can be, it can be a little tough. I think that really helps. Um, so how does like a transformation team evolve over time? We've talked a lot about like founding it and some of like the ways that you know it can be influenced around like adding in process and tools experts and things like that but how do you see it, a transformation team evolving so i think at the beginning um, it's a small team of uh, part-time resources who are like pioneers in the transformation and just want to make it happen whatever happens right so they are really intrinsically motivated to do it um, oftentimes they are supported by external um, coaches or external resources who uh, can uh, give them their start support. But it, what I think is very important for this evolution is that from the very beginning, the external coaches coach the internal organization um, in, in terms of this transformation team and not the organization itself. So kind of from the day one, empowering the internal team to take over uh, and uh, to empower them to coach themselves by providing some guidance, by providing a lot of facilitation support or upskilling, but not focusing uh, on, for example, just um, delegating the whole transformation to an external company, right? And once their upskilling is there and the team is uh, more experienced in setting up the transformation, understand maybe the framework behind or understand some of the challenges and understand how to deal with them, and is also maybe experienced in training, then uh, you would start with a dedicated team, right? So kind of uh, bringing those people who were maybe um, on a part-time basis uh, enthusiasm for this transformation into the roles where they can do it uh, with really full heart and full uh, dedication and full time, right? And then creating a kind of extending further by creating those influence circles, right? Uh, with some uh, additional part-time virtual kind of circles of maybe coaches, release train engineers, line organization, handling uh, very specific challenges in their specific maybe portfolio environment. Wonderful. So, you know, you're kind of talking, and as I'm thinking about the, uh, like the structures and things like that of different 
of different laces and transformation teams. I was wondering, um, you know, if you could talk a little bit more about the different structures that can happen and the different models that we have mm-hmm. for transformation teams and kind of the success model or like um, differences between between each of those. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what I saw working are um, for small transformation, one central team, right, which I explained, which is driving the transformation um, with full dedication or at the beginning, like on a part-time basis. Uh, what I saw while scaling as um, a good pattern, but not the only pattern, is kind of spreading this hub-and-spoke model where you have a lot of empowerment and um, real delegation of um, transformation um transformation power to the spokes, right? So you delegate a lot of decisions to the spokes, but have some uh, some of the central key strategic decisions, or maybe um, some of the uh, methods which you want to apply and uh, bring together on the hub side. So you have a central team overseeing maybe the whole strategy for the transformation and supporting it on executive level buy-in and creating maybe case for rolling out transformation in different uh, business areas and portfolios. And you have those spoke organizations within each portfolio to support very uh, a lot of local context. Or maybe in um, you have some spokes in a different country, which is far away in a different time zone. So this kind of... Um, uh, worked uh, from my perspective um, well, but uh, the challenges with it is if all of them are not dedicated, right? And if all of them are only part-time in the central team and in this uh, spoke team, so those local teams, I think then it, it makes much more sense to bring them together as one team and have less people with more capacity than more people with less capacity, right? So those are, those are the different patterns uh, which I observed over the time. And then I think this futuristic state is those circles, right? So you don't really understand what is the, what is the core team, what are the different circles. It's like a blend of those virtual and um, line organization, which is growing um, itself by creating more and more circles. So what are some of the typical challenges and strategies to overcome those challenges when you're evolving your team and when you're deciding kind of what model you want to take? I think um, there are a lot of challenges and I would maybe mention three of them, just uh, uh, three which I think are very common. One of them is really scaling the transformation. It means that at the very beginning, you have a very strong focus. You have those early adopters. They want to transform. You have this first pilot. Everything um, is working very well. And then you start scaling. And you start onboarding maybe not the early adopters, but the majority, and um, get much more resistance and get much more... um, challenges when it comes to uh, maybe creating new agile teams or launching maybe agile release train if you are uh, working in the same framework so while scaling the transformation you need to kind of scale your team right Uh, and what i mentioned already you can either do it by establishing the uh, for example communities for your coaches release train engineers scrum masters and helping them empowering them to treat some of the impediments on their own and creating their own backlog which is very individual for their environment or um, you start to involve more um, of the line organization leaders 
whose job it is now really to drive this change and uh, be engaged and helping you to um, remove some of the roadblocks. Otherwise, um, you're all the time kind of a balancing the needs of these new teams just um, who wants to start with Agile and the teams already in the middle of the transition who face now uh, much harder challenges that they would uh, think of at the very beginning. And it, it's a, always a balancing art uh, act um, to who, who are you helping, right? The new teams or the more mature teams, but who wants to become even more mature? <laughs> so this would be number one. Um, another one is really um, to justify the need for dedicated resources for this transformation team, right? Because um, there, what I saw, which is not working very well, if you have like maybe 50, 40 people and everyone only have one day per week to dedicate to transformation, then you spend much more time in syncing with all of those 40 people, but um, the outcomes they can deliver uh, dedicating just one day or maybe a couple of hours per week is not very high, right? So you spend more time coordinating and more time for creating uh, maybe activities uh, for um, demonstrating and uh, planning and um, having a retrospective, but um, yeah, the out, uh, outcome is not very high due to uh, a very low capacity, right? So this is uh, a, a real big challenge. And I think what we did in this case is really to make the pain visible. So we created the transformation backlog. We showed kind of how much uh, time um, certain features would take, right? And how much time they would take if we do it really with... Um, people who are not dedicated, right? So kind of to visualize this cost of delay and visualize the pain, how you cannot be much faster if you have um, only part-time resources. So this would be kind of the number two. And the last one is kind of the stickiest one. Um, and uh, really it, it comes back again and again. And it's, um, it's like a never-ending story is whether the transformation team is owning the transformation or enabling the transformation. Um, so oftentimes um, it is um, so that uh, the teams are coming for um, to the transformation team to give them all the answers, right? Uh, and very quickly and kind of go back and uh, do their, um, their daily business, right? So they, they treat uh, this transformation team more like a doctor's office and they come uh, and say, like, this is my pain. Can you prescribe me something which is uh, uh, very affecting and takes one hour and then and the pain goes away, right? And I don't have to do anything but to take this um, yeah. something like ibuprofen, uh, right? Agile yeah. is a magic pill, you know, um, us, you know, we're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm suffering from late time Marco. Here's your agile, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is the practice applied exactly in these doses, and in, in three hours you are uh, faster, yeah. right? Then you so, go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so this is uh, kind of oftentimes an expectation. Yeah, uh, give me exactly that, and if the book doesn't say exactly that and doesn't state exactly my problem, then it doesn't help, right? So, um, kind of having this coaching, um, yeah, coaching the team to really realize that it's actually them who are owning that transformation journey and uh, the transformation team can enable them and coach them, but the responsibility is within the line organization and within those um, different delivery organizations. If they do not apply any effort, the magic doesn't happen <laughs> overnight. <laughs> oh, no, I can't just take a magic pill. I have to do things. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, speaking about uh, talking with other organizations and different teams and stuff like that, how do you encourage um, that kind of feedback loop for the transformation team and even within the transformation team? I've sometimes been in organizations where you have a transformation team, but then they're like, I have no idea what's going on like in in the different arts that are running or with the different, you know, product teams. I don't know what they need, you know, and then when I do finally know, it's usually like too late or um, you know, they do kind of want that like magic pill and we can't just like work through things for like a month. Mm. Mm. What we tried to do is for example, we have an extended community of um coaches, release trend engineers from the delivery organization. And uh, what we do before we go and uh, do our PI planning or our alignment meeting for the next um, 12, uh, 10 to 12 weeks, we kind of um, ask them what are their backlog items you can think of, what will be helpful for uh, your delivery organization. And then maybe a couple of sessions, we have a weekly thing, a couple of ses sessions later, we kind of bring, okay, this is now the backlog which we plan to uh, treat uh, within the next cycle, right? Uh, are there maybe some items which we missed or maybe some acceptance criteria which we missed or um, maybe help us to uh, work on some of the items maybe you want to take some items off the backlog and treat them as a um, RTE and coaches community. So this is kind of one feedback loop because release train engineers, coaches, scrum masters are kind of our door to the delivery organization in terms of the agile mindset. Another way uh, which is much harder is to really have business owners of your transformation helping you to prioritize the backlog on a regular basis no? and coming to your PI plannings for your transformation team providing feedback and guidance and um, uh, coming to the dem demos uh, where you demonstrate uh, the results and provide feedback there, right? This is harder. What, what we try to do at least to show uh, what are our objectives after the PI planning um, so that we have the transparency, can answer the questions, and we have uh, big community meetings uh, once in a quarter where we present uh, to everyone who wants to join uh, to a bigger community some of the key learnings, key, key successes, and let some team present some of the results they are um, experiencing. So you were talking about how it's difficult to get business owners in the room um, to help you guys prioritize and kind of encourage that feedback loop. Can you tell me a bit about the struggle behind doing that? I think for us, uh, the struggle was really to understand who are our business owners, right? Um, we were discussing it a lot with our release train engineers, asking them, um, or having the hypothesis that they should be their business owners because they are our um, delivery organization door to the um, delivery organization agility, right? And therefore they know the impediments, they know uh, what is happening. And then release to engineers told us actually um, that um, they, they are not the business owners and uh, we should really go higher, right? Um, and really have, um, the, actually the same business owners as the one which needs to participate in their PI plannings, right? Um, and um, with that, um, then we realized that um, we kind of need to delegate or to narrow down the number. 
and have maybe one sponsor who will represent uh, all the business owners, but having this additional feedback loop with different levels of communities and different levels of organizations to demonstrate and get the feedback before the next cycle, right? So we started to involve uh, just one sponsor for the transformation to take this role. Great, great. Thank you for that. Um, that uh, breakdown for uh, your business owners and how you ended up finding them and kind of that transformation there. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, there's, you know, these are a lot of great, this is a lot of great information around transformation teams and how to build them and how to move them forward, how to evolve them, what are some of your different guidance there, but how do you measure success? How do you make sure that your transformation team is showing that value and being successful? I think uh, it also took a lot of time to kind of figure out how to measure success on different levels. And what was really a big aha moment for me is that um, you need both leading and the lagging indicators. So you still, even though you really want to achieve some business results and faster time to market, which you already mentioned, right, and higher quality and better employee engagement, uh, it will take multiple years maybe for some of the big companies I was working with uh, to reach those numbers, right? And just to wait for the numbers uh, to magically happen in a couple of years would not be very inspiring. So you still, even though it is your aspiration to have business results, business outcomes, higher um, employee engagement, higher quality and shorter time to market, you need to start creating some of their things which you can influence right now, which will contribute to this um, longer term um, results. Like, for example, uh, you need to start measuring the maturity of your organization and um, maybe the maturity of different roles already in, within the organization. Maybe you can have some pulse check how uh, the agile teams or the agile release are doing to track uh, or to start checking on your um, employer engagement or maybe you start with some star rank uh, rating for customer satisfaction for the products you developed and try to um, kind of on a regular basis collect this uh, feedback and uh, check uh, what is your uh, scoring on the net promoter score or the customer satisfaction right and when it comes to time to market, even though the real, real time to market is um, as a lagging indicator from completely new products or uh, services from the day where you had this idea until the day when uh, the customer got real value, you might start with some leading indicators where you start measuring the flow on different levels, right? Um, because um, it is very, very difficult to measure the time to market uh, throughout and to end from the beginning there are a lot of hurdles how to do it so without um, maybe it should not stop you to start uh, measuring the leading indicators like for example flow time on different uh, team level program level portfolio level and trying to figure out what are the delays there and aspiring uh, to measure real time to market so that was a lot of great context um, around uh, success measures. So can you tell me about a time where you felt like your team was very successful as a transformation team and what that kind of looked like and felt like? 
I think um, one of the success moments uh, came when we really saw how some of the release train engineers and some of the line leaders picked up some of the really hard impediment backlog items and start working on them on their own with our guidance or maybe with our assistance, but really kind of realize that they have to um, really um, get into it and start doing it by themselves, right? So it was one of the success moments. And another one was really to... Um, realize uh, when we started to do the um, flow um, time measurement to really find out some of the big impediment items which were then so prominent for the teams that they realize the whole sense of the measurement and uh, start um, being inspired by that and really addressing those um, um, impediments to flow items to help them to transform. Wonderful. So when they really owned it and then when we, they really saw the path forward and started moving that path forward, that sounds awesome to be able to see that and be able to be in that room. So um, if I wanted to start a LACE or a transformation team in my organization tomorrow, how would I start? I think um, you would start by a clear why. Uh, why do you uh, need the transformation uh, itself? Like what is the business benefit which you want to achieve and what are maybe the threats in your industry which you want to solve? And then you start uh, from this vision of the transformation, you start saying that transformation need a change team or dedicated team to drive this forward and to enable the organization and start kind of really looking for um, a leader and some of the team members who are, really early adopters who had this intrinsic motivation to drive the transformation, right? It's, it's very important that the first people driving the transformation are really enthusiastic about it. And then um, you can upskill them, you can bring them um, into um, more learning journeys uh, so that they really have the deep understanding of um, agile principles and agile mindset or the framework you are applying. But this intrinsic motivation and this need for change should really be one of the selecting factors for, for your team, I guess right and once you have those um, uh, for example one leader who wants to sponsor the transformation and a small dedication team you start creating uh, small successes right and then get more buy-in for more transformation and bigger transformation uh, scope and also maybe dedicated transformation team oh wonderful cool well i'll start that tomorrow then <laughs> <laughs> good luck <laughs> So um, taking it taking it back uh, to you, Elena, um, so what are you doing for your own professional growth now? What are you reading? What are you inspired by right now? I think for me, um, when I think about my professional growth, the, the best practice for me is um, to combine the kind of professional growth with uh, my um, fitness. So every Sunday I go for a run with my very good friend of mine. She is working in a completely different industry. And uh, kind of we use this one hour run to talk about some of the challenges we are facing and to kind of peer coach each other, right? Um, and as she's providing completely different perspective, a very neutral perspective from her industry to my industry and having um, very unbiased um, questions for uh, some of the challenges I'm facing, it really contribute to my uh, personal and professional growth by really having some of the 
other solutions, brainstorm while running and uh, coming home very energized and um, ready to try some things out, which I would not think about before we kind of went for a run. And it's again, um, this uh, diversity of mindsets and mutual support uh, within the uh, yeah, women in agile community. She's not from the women in agile community. She's in totally um, different industry, but this support each other and this peer coaching each other um, really help us both uh, for our professional development. Oh, that sounds amazing. And, and especially on a Sunday. So like it's right before you like go into Monday and you're like, I'm, I'm energized. And then you can think while you move. I love thinking while I run. Um, I can't talk while I run. So that's a very, like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I would be able to carry a full conversation. Um, the whole time. Yeah, we adjust the pace so that we can still talk. You can still talk. <laughs> I don't think I've had anybody who's wanted to like have a full conversation while running. Um, so that sounds great. Um, so do you have any final, um, wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners today? I think as our topic today is really how to set up successful transformation team. I would like to, um, kind of close the podcast with, um, uh, with a very short, but very powerful statement that, uh, the most critical factor of the transformation is not just applying agile principles correctly or implementing a framework, but really the most critical uh, factor of the transformation success are the people driving the transformation, people driving the change. And as the transformation is a team sport, this is what sets companies apart, which are successful from those um, which fail. Well, thank you for that final wisdom, Elena. And uh, thank you for being on the podcast this morning. Um, What time is it in, in Germany right now? It's 4 p.m. Almost. It's 4 p.m. Okay. I was recognizing that it was light out, and it's light out here. It's um, It was 6 a.m. when we started <laughs> this morning. Um, so um, that's it's just, oh, I love it. It's so cool. Um, so thank you for, uh, thank you to everybody listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It's brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit and scrub.org. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or coworker about the podcast. Please go online to womeninagile, all one word, all lowercase, dot org to learn more about our initiative and find more inspiring podcast conversations. Thank you so much for being here today, Elena, and I hope you can get under a fan. <laughs> get, get cooled down a little bit um, from that hot hot German day today <laughs> thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast it's brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization and scrum.org we hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a co-worker about the podcast and as always you can go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations